just to impress our very best friends. Golden theme song and questions that are the power. And I really are so lit up. Let's dive on in. All right. Okay. I'll, you guys ready? I'm yeah. Ready. Okay. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to JVJ. I'm your host, Corey Hatfield. With me is Josh Hatfield. True. And JDS. Welcome. Special guest, uh, Drew Hayes. Author Hello. Of, what do you have? Sit well, 16 Six. audiobooks. Is that correct? Uh, it feels like it should be more. Well, let me look. Uh, you are the first guest that uh i've actually listened to every single audiobook you have out oh i appreciate it that's also a very uh good claim seeing as i had a new audiobook drop like last week <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> what siege tactics uh no no that was a few months ago this was five minute sherlock the case of the oh, damaged yeah, detective I, I finished that one as well yeah i'm a big fan well thank uh, you drew do you do you just go by drew Are yeah um Pretty, pretty straightforward guy. Is that short for Drew Baca? No, just the old boring Andrew, but God, I have never really gone by that. Okay, so you wrote Super Powered 1 through 4, Corpse, Corpses, uh, NPCs 1 through 4, which is what? Spell, Stealth, and... Spell, Swords, and Stealth. Also, stealth. it's Corpies, not Corpses. I... I don't care a lot, but I feel like that's promising a very different book. <laughs> <laughs> that was I don't actually want to lead of, people down the wrong path there. <laughs> that was one of my favorite books. I thought that was great. The Superpowers is probably the first book I got into of yours. And like when we do a top five favorite book list, I usually count them all as one book and they're in there. <laughs> But Corpses is a spinoff of The Gay Dad from one of the... Oh. It's brilliant. And then... Um, You've been talking about NPCs forever. Yes, the NPCs. Um, secondhand Curses I really loved. And then uh, Case of the Damaged Detective is your newest one. But yes. uh, what do you call the uh, the series of the Vampire Accountant? I think we just use Fred the Vampire Accountant series. Um that pretty pretty well encapsulates it it's a little too long for a series name but given that the first title in that series is the utterly unadventurous and uninteresting tales of fred the vampire accountant you know being a little too long was sort of on brand yeah is that the one that you said i should read and then i i got a different series that was like that no you got i was telling you about the series and you got fat vampire (laughs) listen to that (laughs) But uh, that one's really neat. Uh, oh, who is the dude who narrated that one? Uh, I've been seeing Kirby Hayborn narrated oh, yes. that. And he's Outstanding. the perfect voice for Got Fred. It. And I've seen him all over lately. He did books for... Uh, he did Goosebump books and books for Stephen King. Yeah, Kirby Kirby is a real talent and a super nice guy. I've got He's the only one I think I've gotten to meet in person um outside of my secondhand curses narrators uh but yeah super nice guy and he he really is he's getting a lot of attention and it's well deserved because he always does great work whenever i catch him he has the perfect voice for someone who's just like uh doesn't give a shit (laughs) (laughs) that's what attracts people to people when someone else doesn't give a shit yeah i think i think people like cats yeah oh gosh I think there's two books on Audible of yours that I don't actually own, though. Is there a series that you wrote with someone else? Uh, there's oh, so there is a group series uh, that I'm a part of. Uh, so that is a monthly anthology that me and the other gentlemen at the Authors and Dragons podcast uh, put out. It's called Shingles, 
It is a short monthly horror comedy series named after a skin condition. And if that reminds you of anything from childhood, I'll remind you the parody law protects us. Uh, <laughs> so those are basically little one-off horror novellas that we do monthly. Um, they're like 20K. They're fun. They're light. And then uh, every six months so far, Tantor has been wonderful enough to collect them and put them into uh, anthology. So basically it'll be six months of shingles as one audiobook, And that equates out to, you know, a pretty reasonably sized, about one, about 140K. So, you know, decent amount of content. Six months of shingles. Mm-hmm. For anyone not <laughs> familiar, uh, the Authors and Dragons podcast is one I do, uh, IGM. It's several other comedy fantasy authors that are the players. Uh, Rick Gulteri, who writes Bill the Vampire. Um, Robert Bevan of Critical Failures. Um, John Hartness of Bubba the Monster Hunter. And then Steve Wetherill and Joseph Brassi of Skyfarer. So just a lot of uh, great comedy fantasy guys. And then we play D&D badly. And then that sort of led to us doing other weird shit like this. Well, that sounds like a way better podcast. Let's just turn this one on. <laughs> we can just play it. And Over time. Record that, yeah. Yeah. I don't see why not. Well, Parody law protects us. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be overreaching a toche. <laughs> We're pretty good at commentaries. We could do a commentary podcast about a podcast. Yeah. We could play 15 seconds of it, pause, <laughs> and then play another 15 seconds. That's as far as the law goes. That's all we know. We might want to get a lawyer on that one. <laughs> yeah. We're never going to ask anyone. So your Damage Detective series, is that going to be an ongoing thing uh, paired with Audible? Absolutely ongoing. Um, The paired with Audible is a little bit more in Audible's court than mine, but so far, so good. Um, I would love for it to be the Audible exclusive one all the way through to the end I have planned. Um, And yeah, presuming, presuming everything goes well, that is the game plan. But if you know, for some reason, sales don't justify or something changes and Audible chooses not to continue on. Um, I'll still be able to write it on my own. And I'm sure I can find, you know, another way to get the audiobooks made. I do have other options. But ideally, I always love to stay with original cast, especially because working with Audible, they do such an interesting um, amount of effort to really emphasize that it's an audiobook. Like they did secondhand curses and that one whole that whole thing reads almost like a radio play because it's three different people. um playing you know against each other as different characters and while we didn't do that with five minute sherlock forgot the name of my own series for a second good lord uh while we didn't do that with five minute sherlock it it definitely it's it's interesting to work with an audio publisher because they do there's like a little touches they do to really make the audio book as good as it can be uh that one did have two different narrators even though uh i believe one narrator only read one paragraph that is correct. Um, that was intentional, but I mean, it's not built the way that Secondhand Curses is built with multiple people constantly interacting. Yeah. Is Secondhand Curses a standalone? It is. Is there any uh, thought of sequelizing that? Not particularly, what? no. I, I A lot of people <laughs> want that to be more than the one book, but mm-hmm. the truth is I wrote that as a standalone because as I have as I've written these characters and as I've conceived of them, this is the best ending. Um, it's the, it's the evergreen ending. The road goes on forever and the party never ends. You just have the implication that, you know, for eternity or as long as you want to imagine these characters are out there roaming through literature, popping up, having fun, having adventures. And that's the Jack ending. I mean, he says it himself. I, I don't want a happy ending. I want always the next adventure, always the next journey, always the next horizon. Um, I, so I consider this to be the Jack happy ending and I don't know, there are places I could take it, but I just don't think it would feel as satisfying. I do think I'm probably going to use the characters again, but in sort of the same way that Ryan Reynolds said that Deadpool worked best as a cameo character, not trying to support narrative structure on his own. I feel like those three from this point will work great as fun cameo pop in characters. Um, especially as I, you know, kind of play with other genres and whatnot. I, I really love the way you do that. Like I was listening to uh, this week, I re-listened to all four of the uh, store sword. I don't. The I NPCs. call them the NPC books, but you and most I re-listened. people do. I, I probably should have just changed the branding, but we're too deep in at this point. <laughs> we can probably do it. Uh, but I re-listened, and I 
at the time I didn't listen to uh, your Paradise of or your Parish of Pears. What is it called? Pears and Perils. <laughs> Perils and Pears. I didn't listen to it at the time. So when the guy in the beginning's like, I have a cousin, you know, all kinds of weird things happen. I have a cousin who m- claims he met a god on vacation. Like, that really excited me. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to drop, like, little nods. I try not to do outright world confirmations too much, because um, I like to be able to play with the rules of the world in respect. But it is fun to drop little nods here and there. Um, a lot of the one, I think the most common one people have noticed is that I needed a name for a role-playing game in the Fred series. Yeah. And so I used Spell, Swords, and Stealth, at, at just a different version of it. Yeah, I was excited about that one, too. I re- I recognized that one right away. Mm-hmm. You did it. <laughs> yeah, you should just always just say the name. Oh, and another really good one <laughs> is the way uh, <laughs> the dad from the one is in the other book. That helped. Yeah. Hey, has Corey sufficiently kissed your ass enough for you <laughs> to keep coming? I mean, it's really your podcast. You tell me what the quote is. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm excited. I really love your books. Uh, I do have a question, though. Uh, your next book that you're working on now, is it the sequel to Forging Mephisto? I don't know how to say any words. Uh, Forging is that your question? Uh The Villain's Code series. I am working on that, although uh, currently I'm paused and I'm working on Fred 6. So my I've been working on The Villain's Code for a while, but because those books are massive, they, of course, you know, take a lot longer than a standard book. So... Yeah, why is it, like, a 15-hour book? Because that was how long the story went. I mean, the origins of Forging Hephaestus as a book are essentially that I, it was a writing exercise that I, I just had the story I kept wanting to do, but I had already written a superhero book. So the idea that I could do another series was sort of a, a not a great business move um, based on what common knowledge tells you. So I was just doing it for fun. And then I finally got to like 100K and I was like, I have spent way too much time on this. I can't keep cost justifying this much writing unless I publish it. Um, and so I, I did. And it became like the villain's code. And I love it. And I'm really excited to go back. But that is sort of my philosophy is I just write the story until it's done. Um, and sometimes I kind of go in knowing this is a bigger book series so it can support a bigger story, you know, whereas a spell sword and stealth, I kind of know, all right, these need to be about 150. So I can only bite off this much of story to try and tell in this iteration. Um, and so, yeah, so the villains code two is going to be another big one. You know, I'm, I'm deep into it. Um, but I try to do Fred's yearly. So I'm taking a break and I'm working on Fred number six. I actually just last week wrapped the second of the five stories. The Fred books are uh, five novellas, kind of telling one story usually. So you have plenty left to write on that, right? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, so could but, you name a character, Josh, in honor of me and me? Shut I up. Mean, <laughs> I'll know. Uh, sadly I cannot, I do not. Uh, I try to pick the least obscure names because when you get into bigger ones, you overlap. And also I've already used Joshua, uh, pretty predominantly in superpowers. <laughs> Well, then you can just say that character was named after us, right? Could you retroactively go back and name that character after me? You guys might can, want to see what happened to that character before you, you make that ask. Can you just have Fred sue a podcast? <laughs> just oh. have the, the company write up some papers saying we went bankrupt. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it'd be great to go bankrupt. Well, in the book. <laughs> really, it'd be printing cash because a podcast name will be in a book. Oh, that's true. That's yeah, how it that's works. Basically. Royalty. The interesting thing for a podcast declaring bankruptcy is who loaned them money? <laughs> I mean, you sound like you got money. What are you, what are you doing with it? <laughs> I don't got that much money. Audio don't pay with so well. <laughs> are you a, are, I mean, are you a full-time author? Oh, yeah. I have been for, for six <laughs> years now, actually. We're just past my uh, six-year anniversary that I started doing this full-time. What did you do before that? Oh, a comical amount of jobs. I've been a data analyst, a stockbroker, a uh, trade show sales rep, a mailman, a mail meter salesman, uh, just bartender all over the place. Um, I was not good at most of those other things, <laughs> hence why those jobs were very short-lived. <laughs> I was a pretty good data analyst. I did that for like three years. Don't you just type it in the computer? <laughs> 
In Honestly, my mind, you just get a long strip and you just type everything. It sounds says. like writer is the same job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I guess I would say data analyst is to excel what writer is to word. Yeah, there you go. In your profile picture, you're, it looks like you're wearing a beer hat. And I'm assuming I'm, that that uh, you weren't wearing the beer hat when you went in as a stockbroker or whatever. <laughs> it's a bold no. assumption. <laughs> I haven't met many stockbrokers. Uh, yeah, that was my more serious times. Uh, I, I get to have a little more fun doing this job. So what was the first book you wrote? Uh, first book I ever wrote. I mean, do you mean for publishing or like the first book I ever finished? Well, I looked you up a little and I, I'm familiar with all the books I told you I just loved that you're familiar with as well. But then there's a bunch of like. I don't know, books with trolls on them or something? Uh, nope, I don't think that's me. Not you? There, there is another, guess? so there's another Drew Hayes uh, who's writing a, a comic named uh, Poison Elves. He passed away that's what it was. Uh, oh, it's... many years ago. And I've had a lot of issues, unfortunately, with being mixed up uh, with his results on Google uh, for a few years. It's finally starting to even out as I'm getting a little bit more web presence, thankfully. But yeah, that has that has been a common one. Uh, so no, uh, the the other Drew Hayes, the Poison Elf stuff, that's not me. I don't do comics. I have no artistic talent whatsoever. It is bad. Yeah. Uh, so unless it's just words, it ain't me. Is that why it says you're not dead on your website? That's exactly why it says. Uh, if you go to DrewHayesNovels.com, one of the headers is I'm Alive. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense now. What was the first book you published? First book uh, ever published was Superpowered Year One. Um, unless you count from a serial perspective, in which case it was a short-lived one called uh, No More Ramen, uh, which was about a kid who wins the lottery and tries to keep it a secret. It was... Uh, I'm, I'm very happy with it for an early work, but it will never see publication because it's definitely not where I would want something... It's not at the level I would consider publishable yet. Well, just email it to me and I'll read it. <laughs> that was one of those ones that uh, was like you were either there for it or you weren't. It, it was an early it was an early moment. I kind of I like having a few things like that on the web. It's like, all right, you guys got to come out for this stuff or you're going to miss it. How many purchases did you have in the first 24 hours for your first book? <laughs> Jesus, I have no idea. I had. <laughs> Mid five-ish, maybe. I, I don't hey! know. Guessing. So uh, the first, the first superpowers book was not written, uh, or it was not put onto the ebook market because I was expecting to crack into it. Um, it was actually a web serial originally. Um, which have you all covered that previously? Do I need to touch on web serials? You could, you could, you could tell the people who don't. Some of us in here aren't writers, so they don't know about. <laughs> What'd you call them? Web serial? For for the sake of uh, <laughs> listening audience members, uh, I'll I'll just tackle it real quick. A web serial is basically a web comic, but a book. So instead of getting a new comic strip page every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you would get a new chapter. Or some people might do like 300 words per day. Everyone's gonna have their own release schedule, just like web comics. But the goal is you're just doing a book over the span of time. Yeah, Josh. Right. Yeah, I got that's that. That's what I. That's I what I knew it was. The reason why we were so excited is because Josh Hatfield just released his first book, and he's sold five five books. Hey, nice. To be fair, the one I bought was an accident because I have <laughs> one click buy, and I wanted to wait for the paperback. I don't care. I'm as successful as Drew Hayes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, accidental clicks still count, man. Yeah. Do you mind if I uh, put that on my book? I'm as successful as Drew Hayes. <laughs> Depends on your hands, I guess. Oh, so the so how superpowers moved into ebook was because those books are so massive as a web serial, they were deeply cumbersome to read, um, just intrinsic to the medium. And so people requested an ebook version. I made one. I uh, made my first cover. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. <laughs> it was very shortly lived, thank God. Um, and then it released, and then it just kind of. Uh, you know, a little bit, and then more and more people who weren't in my serial audience started picking it up. Um, I started seeing some momentum, and I thought, all right, maybe this is something I can do. I was curious. Uh, the 
Five Minute Sherlock Stories is the first book you ever had out that has the actual character on the cover. Is there a reason for that? Uh, it's not actually. Secondhand Curses uh, being... Yeah, oh, that's that. true. Never mind. I just uh, forgot that. No, it's all right. The answer is actually they have the same answer. It's because Audible is in charge of the covers for um, for those properties. As a general rule, I when I am doing covers as my indie market self, I don't put characters on there. I tend to be of the philosophy that the best picture of the character is the one you construct in your head from the details I give you. And I, I typically veer away from, you know, trying to define it specifically with a cover image. Well, Going Rogue had that dragon on it, so you fucked that one up. <laughs> Yeah, he's not a main character. He can be in there. Also, dragons are awesome. It was red. Uh, it was red. I like true. it when you tell me what to look at or what I'm looking at in my brain. Hey, even in the future, even if you tell us exactly what you want us to see, Josh Stout will disregard. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all dragons, damn it. <laughs> Every character is a dragon. Every character is a dragon. Well, that's, uh, that's not wrong because like uh. It was it Nazi Boys by Neil Gaiman? Mm-hmm. I always pictured Fat Charlie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always pictured Fat Charlie as Andy Richter. A white and, male when it specifically <laughs> says he's a black, like, muscular male. Andy Richter's close. The yeah. mind will well, do I what it wants. The mind will do what it wants. I pictured his brother as Barbados Slim Yeah. Futurama. His well, twin brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, me. sorry. Touching back on the character thing real quick. The reason... Um, I, I'm really cool with Audible doing their direction, which is the character one, is also because they are hiring custom artists. Like most of the work you see in, you know, book stuff is tends to be like photo manipulation, um, stock images that are refiltered, retextured, do what you got to do to create it. Um, those they actually have someone draw custom, and that I'm, I love it. I love the art they've produced for those series. Like, I. I'm happy branching out and changing on that particular front when it's in the hands of people who do a really good job. We have a bunch of Facebook questions, but for some reason the link is broken. Did we get did we get pulled off there? Can you open it up? Is Facebook broken? We're having technical issues. Stick with us. No, Drew, we, we they, posted like a, a thing that you were going to be on the podcast yesterday, and we got a ton of questions. Awesome. And either, either you're really popular or you have a lot of fake facebook profiles <laughs> i mean it's probably the first one wink wink <laughs> most of the people just wanted to know if you were writing sequels to i think the npc serial series eventually okay. yes uh not currently we already kind of went over <laughs> where i am on that I, I guess i'll i'll say this for anybody who doesn't know on my website there is a header called series status um, and if you're listening to this and if you're wondering about literally any book I've written, go to the site, click on series status. It will break down for you what is done, what is in progress, what is a standalone. Um, and I update it pretty regularly as I'm working on different projects and everything. So I know how much it sucks to wonder if an author is done with something and to like live in that nebulous space. So I've gotten rid of it. If you ever want to know, it's all right there. So the answer is go to your website. So we can tell most of these people, Cameron James, just go to the website, Cameron. <laughs> Who else can we tell to do? I think I can also hit pretty much all the high points. Uh, on Superpowers yeah. is completed. Um, sequel series potential. But again, that's like years and years down the line. And that's all I'll say because I don't want to do spoilers. Um, Spell, Swords and Stealth is ongoing. Fred the Vampire Accountant is ongoing. Actually, every series is ongoing, and the and the series I'm writing right now are Spells, Swords, and Stealth, Fred the Vampire Accountant, um, Villain's Code, and now Five Minute Sherlock. Yeah, Kevin wants to know when the next Hephaestus book is coming out. <laughs> that would be the uh, the Villain's, the villain's code. code. So, based on where I am, my guess is that I'm I'm gonna get it written this year, but because Again, larger books, larger time frames, more editing, um, more polish. Just everything takes longer. I would guess mid-2020 would be when it was ready. That is absolutely an estimation. Please do not hold me to that. 
Well, we're so you gonna... heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna edit this it to where yeah. definitely twenty twenty. Definitely on the. <laughs> we're gonna take another date. You say on this podcast and pop it in there. <laughs> hey, when were you born? <laughs> Joseph Tracy wants to know if the system uh, was based on D and D or inspired by Binet. Um, but there was a lively debate on this actually, although. Again, our post got pulled from Facebook You're by the admins. You're too popular. Apparently. So yeah, you broke Facebook on that one. But the, someone else thought it was based on um, another tabletop, but I can't remember what it is. Dungeons and Dragon Ball Z's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, is it based no, on anything? I mean, it's loosely uh, based on D and I'm pretty uh, obvious with the illusions and whatnot. <laughs> right. Well, uh, like, man, people were getting pretty serious from what I read. Again, can't read them now, but, like, people were saying, <laughs> like, different versions of D&D and... Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, the rule sets of the game itself are completely fluid to, like... I have some rough stuff kind of sketched out, but for the most part, it tends to be what I need it to be um, as it evolves. So I'm definitely... I'm not beholden to D&D, but tonally, it is absolutely the most inspired by Dungeons & Dragons. I've been playing since I was 15. I'm I'm soaked in fucking D&D. Well, what version are you playing right now? Fifth edition? Oh yeah, five E. So balanced, runs so smooth. Love it. Oh yeah. Are you gonna play Baldur's Gate three when it comes out? Uh, I have no idea. I'll probably just see if it. I'll check the combat a little bit. A bad combat on a game, even if I like the concept, can kill me. Like I well, didn't ever get into Skyrim just because it was so fucking wooden. Did you play Divinity: Original Sin? I did not. Oh, you're missing out. It's a Probably the best RPG ever made. Don't <laughs> stop looking at me have, like that, guys. Have like, you played, we can talk about things. Have you, nope. You I, I don't have... I should clarify. I have very minimal game time. <laughs> I The last game I think I fully played through was Mario Odyssey. He writes a lot of books, guys. How many How many words do you write? When you're... The first draft, how many words do you write a day? Depends on what I'm working on, but when I was a little bit newer into this, I could do 4K a day. Um, but that long-term sustainability started burning me out around year three or four. And so I've kind of scaled back into something more manageable. Um, about 2,500 words per workday is my general goal. Um, a chapter tends to be, and most of them tend to be two to 2,500. So every weekday I get up, I do my words and then afterward it's, you know, marketing, editing, et cetera. Um, but I'd say at this point, 2,500 is a pretty good estimate for my daily. It's pretty good. Is that a lot? <laughs> a lot of words. Well, Dakota Crowd. For some people, it, yes. It, for some people, no. Some people can knock out 10K. Yeah. It's it's well, just what your level, like what feels good for you to do is the right amount. Do you do you actually type it or do you use like dictation software? Oh no, I type it. And I have terrible, uh terrible typing etiquette too. I'm like three <laughs> fingers pecking around. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> My coworkers used to make fun of me. So you must have an editor then, right? Oh, I have multiple editors. Yes. Yeah. He has an editor who stands over his shoulders. He's done wrong. I use two editors because it would be too time consuming and costly to do three. If I could, I would. Yeah, Dakota cheats, though. I mean, he writes 6,300 words, but he also rolls dice to tell him what to do. Yeah, <laughs> he's cheating. Yeah. And he, they're not Which all. maybe that's a good maybe that's a good system. It's working for him. And he has him. that broken keyboard thing. Yeah, two he's keyboards. got two keyboards. And it's not like 6,300 different words. Sometimes yeah. he uses the same one over and over yeah, again. That's I mean, true. you count V as one, right? Like, that's just a, <laughs> yeah. A one now. I. But I mean, like, yeah, everybody is going to have their own levels and everybody's going to and it'll probably rise and fall like through the career and age and energy. Um, It's just it's most important to just find a level that is producing what you need to produce, but isn't pushing you to the point that you're starting to hate what you love. I'm sure when you find a a character in a story you really like, you're probably doing a lot more in a day, especially at the beginning. No, about twenty five hundred. I feel like Fred is an unlikely like champion of your books like i didn't i've listened to them all but i didn't realize like that's the one you have the most books out at the moment i feel uh, like let's that's, see that's got five so yeah, yeah i guess it's tied with sp it's kind of hard to be like do you like vampires who are also accountants who don't want to do anything besides accounting <laughs> <laughs> it's like 
Do you like a character who will do almost anything to avoid solving a problem through violence? <laughs> yeah. Do we have Do we have questions? We do have some questions. These are. Do we want to explain the the do rules? We... No. So it doesn't matter. He'll figure it out once we start talking. I'm gonna explain it anyway. Tell him about the wiki wango round. So what happens is, <laughs> uh, before we got into an podcast where we dive deep into books like we've just have because we're literary geniuses obviously we are we were kind of life coaches and people send us in questions because they don't know how to live their own life so we have to solve it for them so these questions were sent in by vicky friedman first question coke or pepsi it, it got so quiet because everybody's thinking real deep well, i know the answer to that is one is she talking about well you're drugs? gonna say coke mm, no it's i mean it's you're gonna say you're gonna say pepsi because it's like the <laughs> no most people would say coke so you're gonna say pepsi and then you're gonna go pl- watch soccer well there's a fun fact <laughs> seeing as i live in texas uh no matter which one i picked i would still be asking for a coke oh that's all they have there no that's just a generic so- term that is kleenex to soda down here like if I if I ask for a Coke, someone's gonna say what kind? Like, wow, they seem a, very confused in Texas. <laughs> no, that's just a Southern thing. Uh, I guess I wonder if it's because uh, Atlanta is like a Coca-Cola hub, and it just kind of echoed out from there. But yeah, just culturally, weirdly enough, Coke is a generic term uh, in a lot of the a lot of the area. I would choose Coke Zero, by the way. Coke Zero. Coke. That's the Coke from the future, correct? That's the one where they don't have any ingredients. It's just actually water. <laughs> it's just caffeine and poison Coloring. at this point. And you know what? I'm okay with that as long as there's no calories. Um, Me and Corey Hatfield here grew up in Chicago, right? And there they called it pop. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to southern Illinois mm-hmm. and they called it soda. So we we've got deep emotional scars from that. Yeah, I call everything just cherry RC, and <laughs> everybody's like, "So what kind?" <laughs> well, for a while, I guess I would have I would have said Pepsi because for some reason Coke like made my teeth it, it burned hurt. your tummy. Burned I don't your know. Tummy. But uh, <laughs> but when I grew up and my taste buds changed, I would say water because I don't really. Let's do number two. <laughs> but I didn't answer. I want to oh, talk yeah, about Coke and Pepsi for it. I didn't answer either. They both burn. This so question is not going over. Question like, two. Pool or ocean? You're well, shaking that... your head no because you hate water as much as I do. Do you live near the ocean, Drew? I do not, but I want to. I have lived near the ocean. I love being near the ocean. But here's my weird caveat. I don't go in the ocean. I just like being at the beach. Uh, so if it's for swimming pool, hands down, if it's for like overall experience, like going to spend a day beach, no question. I like to have enough chemicals in the water. So when I step out, my body just dries off instantly. Yeah, that so, is nice. Pool. I don't want to stop being at the top of the food chain. <laughs> well, that's the thing about the ocean. You don't know what's there. You don't. Yeah. Some people yeah. say you do, but I just watched a video with a giant squid in it. Yeah. My butthole has been clenched ever since. I... I hesitate to say pool. Well, they're both just toilets, right? They're both just <laughs> big people toilet. are peeing and pooping. And pooping. Yeah. <laughs> but if you take the dilution principle filter. and spread it out, everything's a toilet. Well, yeah. So like the ocean is is bigger. So I mean, yeah, you're getting a little bit of poop and pee particles, but you're further away. You're further away from it. Also, right? it has all those animals to filter it out. But yeah. I mean, I guess at the same time, the pool has so many chemicals that it's that it's just the poop disintegrates yeah. immediately. <laughs> That's how you can get out so dry. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we've all gone to a water park and like dealt with peeing in the pool. How many pools are you guys going to with turds free floating? <laughs> Y'all mentioned that like multiple times. Well, we live in Southern Chicago's Illinois. fucking wild. <laughs> we can't afford the fancy hotel. Some <laughs> yeah, of our man. books, some of our books have been out for months and I've only sold seven copies total. You haven't even mentioned it on this podcast. I mean, you got to be better oh. at your viral marketing. I, I wrote a book, too. <laughs> we'll post the link. Question three, baths or showers? And that comes straight up to the poo again. If you're taking a shower, you can just stomp into the hole. <laughs> Do the waffle stomp. Yeah. 
You don't want to be taking a nice bath of a turd floating by you, right? No. <laughs> I call this surprise, plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's definitely, I mean, it's the same vein. Although I'm assuming you guys aren't pooping and peeing in your own bath water, but you're still dirty. And then you just make a, a dirt a dirty body suit. That's true. Yeah, I mean for cleanliness you can't really beat a shower, but I'll tell you, as a as a big dude, I'm six foot four. Um, a nice, good hot bath, like to soak the legs. Whoo, man, that that is a nice treat. You must have a really big yeah, bath. Yeah, how do you even do that? Tall person. And, well, he's notice I only said the up. legs. I the do. entire <laughs> rest of my body is out of there. He's literally standing up. He yeah, writes, I'm he, like sitting cross-legged. I've sat cross-legged in many a bath, like after a uh, long day, and you're just trying to like soak and unwind. Oh man. I have a tip for you. I also like to sit down sometimes, but I just leave the shower on, Indian style, oh, bottom yeah. of the tub. Yeah. No one judges you in the no shower. No one hears you crying. <laughs> no. Just rock back and forth and cry all your sads out. Plus, it's easier to drink a beer without getting water in it in a bathtub. So, extra yeah. plus column there. Or a Coke. Or, or a Coke. <laughs> what kind? kind. <laughs> I will say beer showers are are pretty awesome but mostly that's because it's the water's really hot and the beer's really cold but i don't think i would go for a, a bath Does, beer wait, wait is that what you meant when you said you like golden showers <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly that's now, exactly what i meant i Josh. feel like if you're in a hot steamy shower and you're drinking a cold beer something's gonna happen inside your stomach in your tummy like a storm because when a warm front meets a cold mm -hmm. front doesn't tornadoes isn't that how a tornado makes a baby? I'm not That's saying the aftermath tornado. is pretty, but yeah. Well, the aftermath is a waffle stomp. <laughs> I understand. Another shame shower. <laughs> so when you take a shower, Drew, is your head like above the above the shower head? <laughs> yeah, most that. of the time. That sucks. Yep. Everything I mean, I can reach everything, so I always feel like a dick complaining. But yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not all great. You should get one of those rainforest showers that comes straight out of your ceiling. Yeah, I think that's probably a movie deal away. I'm still just an ebook guy. Well, we, we we know a guy who makes movies. We could get you in touch. As long as you don't want Danny Tavito for a role, <laughs> he doesn't probably like, hook you up. And he didn't seem to like us very much, but we could get you his, his name. <laughs> Maybe he could be on your podcast. You guys are making a strong case. <laughs> well, he hates us. We'll take our calls, but we'll make it happen. We didn't say he hates us. We said he hates Danny DeVito. I would say he doesn't like us. 90% of the people Danny who are on DeVito. this podcast have a strong strong feelings one way or the other towards us. Yeah, and the other 90% have a strong feeling towards Danny DeVito. <laughs> well, that's not, but <laughs> Wait, yeah. We do everything uh, 180%, yeah. right? Um, which, which of your books would you uh, want to be adapted into a movie? A movie. Um, okay, having, that. Having not read Fred the Vampire Account, and that seems like it's got a strong. No, no? I, it wouldn't be a movie. That would have to be a series. Yeah, it, it's because uh, each book is five novellas. It would be sort of hard to do that well, like as a as a movie. I think truly, probably Five Minute Sherlock is the best movie property I have in terms of just for terms of length self-contained and the ability to pare it down because you always have to cut from book to movie mm -hmm. um it would really be hard to do i mean obviously the giant one superpowers villains code those are out right away because they're just too massive um it wouldn't you know the depth is part of the enjoyment for people so not having it wouldn't necessarily capture the spirit um so those are are out secondhand curses is tempting but again that's like 10 stories looped into one so that feels like it would maybe be hard to pare down well, it would be a, a lot of length. flashbacks would cover that like their backstories yeah but sort of the fun of that book is them going through the different stories and you kind of like that feels more miniseries maybe in its ideal form yeah um, disney might also get a little yeah. pissed with you on that one I, I've, that's why I only use the old versions. I even alluded to their authors in like all the stories. I'm in public domain, baby. <laughs> um, but oh, even uh, with the like uh, Bell and yep. Mm -hmm. wow. Oh man, that 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 story is centuries old. 
It's a tale as old as time. <laughs> Pretty literally, too. That that line was correct. Um, now, to be clear, I would take a call on any of these. Like, I would be open to the discussion. But if we're just talking about, like, the idealized form, I, I think it has to be small enough to be self-contained and to pare down and have, like, a straightforward, more linear story. Um, so either pairs and perils or uh, five-minute Sherlock would probably be the best candidate's to turn into a movie. So five minute Sherlock, could Michael B. Jordan play the main character? Yeah, I would have no okay. issue with that. I mean, uh, presuming he did a good audition. What about uh, the two two leads, uh, Josh Jamal and that other guy that looks like Josh Jamal? Who are they? <laughs> Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. That'd be, I, that'd be good. I'd watch I that. mean, they look identical, but I'm watching <laughs> Deadwood right now, so I'd do it. <laughs> Um, I just made you a million dollars. Bam. Uh, well, you got to so, call Hollywood. I'm not the holdout in that equation. <laughs> well, you you live in Texas, right? Isn't that like a walk away from Hollywood? Texas isn't a walk away from anything except Texas. That's the whole point. It's just. Well, I thought giant. it was a really small state. No, Texas is the one with its own power grid. Oh. Ooh. But it's also really small. That's how they can have their own power grid. Yeah. They, I heard they save a lot of money by only offering one kind of soda. <laughs> uh, so five minutes Sherlock, um, and then the the newest one that you have out. What was that one called? Five minute Sherlock. No, the one before that. The, Siege Tactics. The newest oh, spell sword and stealth. It's book. the next MP. No, no. What's the the one that I just? Uh, the Damage Detective. That's Sherlock. oh, okay. The, yeah. series. the case of the Damage Detective is the name of the book. Five minute Sherlock is the name of the series. Why okay. do you name everything twice? You're you're starting to upset us here. We're not smart enough to keep track. <laughs> well, because you got to have a name for your title and a name for your series. Well, I just want you to know the name for your series will always be the name for the title of your first book to me. I can't change it. I will uh, say that is why I came out really. We did a like very upfront branding thing on the cover to make sure like the case of the damage detective is one, but you also really see the five minute Sherlock stuff. Um, so yeah, it, it's I'm learning a little bit at a time as I do this. Well, here's my question though, and it's it's not not to you, Drew. Corey, how often did you look at the cover when you were listening to that book? Not often. <laughs> so maybe you should mention it every chapter. So, spells, swords, and stealth is that on the cover of any of the the books? Uh, yeah, it's on most of them. I don't think it's on the Audible books. Even the ones not in like the, the Audible. The book. Audible books are, might be different because they they shift those down, um, and you also just don't really have to worry about the same. With a when you make a, a cover for um, an ebook, you also have to sort of mentally be like, okay, there's also the chance that I'll use this for print, so someone will run into it in the wild. Um, so that's where you really have to make sure you're labeling like this is book three in a series. If you're picking this up on a shelf, don't think you're you're starting from scratch. You know, you want to be you'll be very clear. You want to be transparent. You want the reader to know what they're jumping into. Um, so that's a really big concern for a print book, a digital book. It's not nearly quite so relevant because everything is packaged onto the page. Like if you're looking at the Amazon page for any of my series, it's going to be very clear and upfront. This is part of a series. This is book three, so on and so forth. So it's it's a language that's very important to covers in certain formats. But when you get into like audio and everything, it there's not really a chance someone's going to run into an audible book in the wild. So it, I don't mind them pairing that see, off for the transition. See, I would think, and you know, I'm uh, I'm still new at being uh, an entrepreneur, but if I were an author, you know, and publishing my own book, I would want people to pick up book number three take it home open it up and think oh no i gotta buy book number one and book number two to get into this now i actually did buy book three of swords uh, spell swords and stealth i bought book three first on accident after i already like i listened to book one and then i tried to buy book two but i ended up buying book three so i did have to go back and buy book two so it worked Great hey, that marketing. one's on you. That one does have it on the cover. I'm checking. <laughs> Great marketing. You just, in the future, just put one, two, and three as your cover pictures. That would be bad. I would be okay with that. Convenient. feel like y'all might not get the importance of a good cover, but we can circle back. <laughs> 
my book doesn't even have a cover, and I sold seven copies. <laughs> well, to be fair, I, I literally, if I don't like the cover, I won't buy the book. So, Oh, it's oh. true of a lot of people. Covers are a shorthand in a lot of ways. They're a language. They're meant to tell you a good, like, a, a cover should give you a snapshot of genre, um, maybe tone, and, you know... At least, like, you should be able to differentiate a sci-fi fantasy book from a romance book just by looking at the cover language. Like, the styles, the pictures, the way it's its all built to convey, like, if you're looking for these books, this. If you're looking for these books, this. And this is all a, a, a great, interesting art that I know jack shit about. I just know that it exists, and it's really cool. <laughs> We've gotten into a lot of the uh, lit RPGs, and I've noticed that a lot of romance covers... All you have to do is put some fire near one of the buff dude's hands, and it looks just like a lit RPG book. Well, I mean, yeah, that's sort of a forming genre, so that might be, um, and that might become like the language of the covers for that genre, because y'all, it's still kind of developing. So here's an interesting one, um, and I know y'all are a lit RPG focused podcast. It's, I'm not sure I fit into that genre. You do, you here, do, because you're. Here's my concern with that. I don't ever label my books lit RPG for the reason that that genre seems to be having a big um, slant toward the crunchier elements. Um, you know, just looking at the community and everything, people really appreciate like the the character sheets, the leveling progression, like the real in-depth stuff. And so because the genre has sort of really grasped onto those elements and embraced them and loves them, I don't market spell swords and self as lit RPG because it's lacking in a lot of those core elements that I think lit RPG to RPG readers would be looking for. And you never want to disingenuously advertise. Like you never want to promise something you can't deliver. So I never want to say it's going to have all these elements with my language and then fail to come through on that. I'm with you. Hey, Josh Stout, how many guests have we had on that had so many questions on Facebook? They closed it down. <laughs> um <laughs> And, and you're talking about oh, specifically on the lit, lit RPG, RPG group, forum, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, I'm gonna say you probably like quadrupled the number of comments. We, we've only had two people that we posted that like we had so many comments that it was just like not even worth going through all of them. And yours was one, and oddly enough, uh, Scott Meyer, who also didn't consider himself lit RPG, but they, it's a both worlds in a game i think that yeah i mean i think that that's what the the core of lit rpg is is you're right about the the like stats and stuff um but it's more i think mostly at the heart of it about being in a game world that's all people want i also enjoy that your characters are what four books in and they're now just reaching the point where they're strong enough where a normal adventurer would be oh it's it's very much a slow burn old D&D style. And honestly, I don't mind like people considering it lit RPG by any stretch of the imagination. I just feel disingenuous when I if I use that language. Um, it's just something you always have to be really careful of as an author because you never want to well, it's as I said, you never want to lie. You never want to intrinsically promise something you're not going to come through on be it through word choice or deliberately. I labeled my book as erotica when it's a child's book. Is that <laughs> is that bad? Yeah, you're probably going to get some bad reviews on that one. Probably oh. probably not some happy people. <laughs> Maybe well, worry about the good ones. This haunted uh, living room is nowhere near as sexy as I wanted <laughs> it to be. <laughs> now, your books are so like thought out. Do you think about where your book's going to be five books down the road, or do you just try to get through one at a time? Oh, no. I, I have an overstory for every series going in. I know where they're all going to end. Um, and I generally know how they're going to get there. There's some things that are a little more fluid in areas than others, but I, I like to do what I call checkpoint writing. Um, there's probably a real term for it, but I don't know what it is. So essentially, and this applies equally to series and individual books. It, it works kind of the same. I have these checkpoint moments that I know have to happen for the story to make sense. And it could be as huge as like a major fight that, you know, changes things. And it could be as simple as someone passing a key between each other, um, you know, in order to get it moving along. And, and so they'll have it later in the book. Just if I don't do all of these things, this story isn't going to make sense. And so 
then I sort of, you know, line them out. I know my order in which they need to happen. And then that's kind of the outline done. I just start writing between the checkpoints. And I really like that form because it's never so long that things can really spiral out of control, but it lets me improv a little how I get from A to B and B to C and C to D and really let the characters drive at points where it's appropriate. It's like, all right, well, I just want to spend a chapter at a pool party, having out, hanging out, letting people talk, like having a conversation and developing character. And that's fine because we're still in between these checkpoints. Um, and I, I know my pacing and everything. So it's series and book are kind of the same. I always know where I'm heading, even if the route might vary and change a little bit from moment to moment. I did think it was weird that your games were based inside like Dungeons and Dragons type game, but they were always at pool parties. <laughs> now if we make a movie we might change that one for real you know like just whatever we got to do oh yeah what if they're Bring like in the rock love... and uh make him dm in a bathing suit i bet oh, we can get some people if, to show up what if they're like uh we want to make npcs a movie but we really really want the rock to play this thistle <laughs> i mean I get what you're asking overall, but the thing you have to understand is I'm an old school wrestling fan, so Do you know what this is? I, can you even see us? Can you see that? Can you yeah. see us? I can see it. I, I hang on, let me make it larger. Let's see. Oh wow. <laughs> oh my god. The nation all the way back. Yeah, The Rock was part of that. He took over. He he made them better. Remember? He, he made them better. <laughs> also, you can just ignore the fact that Josh has been playing with a little action figure. I, I didn't know you could see us. <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> I, I don't just, know what to do with my hands. Just be happy he hasn't brought up Frasier 27 times so far. So... Yeah, I uh, I'm not gonna say I would reject that one out of hand, <laughs> but it, just it would be more out of love sense. for old school wrestling than uh, just the desire to get it made. Well, I mean, with a little bit of adjustment, he's supposed to be a haggard, twisted gnome. <laughs> you don't think The Rock could play haggard? I don't think The Rock could play anything. Just slap just... a slap a Snapchat filter on him, and you're good. Yeah, guys, guys, hat know. of disguise. It's, just give him like one. A, it's a low arm. level item. Open out of his middle of his back. Yeah. <laughs> One alter self spell and you're done. Oh, yes. So you're saying whatever they want to do, you're good for it. You're no, like, I'm saying whatever The Rock wants to do in a movie, I'm good <laughs> for it. <laughs> and they're like, you know, it'd be great for your rogue, uh, Mick Foley, <laughs> the stealthiest motherfucker of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to say no on that one either. I don't know. Mick, Mick might be a hard one for that one. I feel like uh, we could slot him in as a bartender pretty easily somewhere. Or maybe, you know what, a little prosthetics? We've got ourselves a grump right there. Grump. Yeah. <laughs> you need a big guy. I've only listened to the first NPCs book. I guess NPCs is the book name. But um, uh, Grump is such a great character. I I'm... <clears throat> I'm glad I'm going to get a chance to listen to more of him because I'm assuming the rest. Yeah, he's in all okay. of them. He's still there. He he's, grows. Okay. He's like Jeff with a three. I really love the, the development of those characters. I think you can attach to them pretty easy. And then you're right. It's a very slow growth over over. How long is the from book one to book four? Is that like a year's time or? at least several months of um, in-game time. Out-of-game time, probably a little bit less. There's kind of an implied time difference, but I never get too specific with it because, I mean, why? That's just handcuffing myself needlessly. Well, there um, was a summer. Here, let me break it down so you you get handcuffed. I know it was a summer because the sister was on summer vacation, and then she's back to school and they're still playing. Yeah. So. so it's, but, I mean, again, like, months in real time but probably longer in game time because they've had to do a lot of travel okay i have a question so you're running a D campaign you're you're the the people in the in your party are going through a dungeon and one of them decides to jump down in a pit trap and look for a little cobalt door <laughs> you gonna <laughs> let that happen <laughs> luckily the a and d players aren't nearly smart enough to try anything like that 
Um, I mean, I probably would in a personal game just because it would be me with my friends and that would be a funny joke. Uh, but in A&D, I would probably have to fuck with them because, you know, that's the basis of that game. I just I can't even comprehend that game. I feel like I need more rules. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for someone to play D and D with you, I'll I'll, uh, I'll join your game. But you gonna fly to the Texas? <clears throat> yeah. I do. You play online? Do you use any uh, websites? Oh yeah, Roll Twenty. I haven't yeah. played an in-person game since like early post-college. It's just yeah, I'll it's play, too hard I'll nowadays. Play, I'll play using Roll Twenty. No. Yeah, I'm it's sure just, he needs one to play more. with you. Yeah, we're all gonna come to Texas and stay with you at your house. And... Make sure you got plenty of types of coke. <laughs> Again, like more writing. successful writer than me. Maybe maybe a Stephen King one. Question four. HGTV or Food Network? Oh, fuck. That is a hard one. That's mm-hmm. what she said. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go Food Network because I love House Hunters, but they really only have House Hunters, whereas Food Network, they got the baking shows, they got the food, uh, the food truck road trip. The yeah, they got more stuff. I, is I like to cook, so I, too, tend to watch a lot of Food Network. I love Food Network. How long have you watched it? Are you an Alton Brown fan? Oh, of course. I mean, I basically learned to cook watching back. Good Eats. <laughs> yes. yes, Good, Good Eats, Eats is coming, coming back. back. Yeah, have y'all watched the Reloaded where they, like, uh, updated stuff? Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Oh. I tried that, that reverse sear uh, that he taught in, like, the first one. Fuck, I'm not cooking steaks the old way anymore. That shit is amazing. He's, He's a right. genius. He's right. He's wise beyond his years. I only ever reverse sear everything. I just reverse sear everything. I hope they bring his brother back. He oh, was BA? Dead. Yeah, yeah. That's scary. I also go Food Network. I'm Food Network as well. Well, HGTV, because they got... Uh, House on. No, they got What's the Property Chip? Brothers. Who's Chip? Chip and, Chip and Joanna. Jo- Joanne. Chip and... What are they? They're good. Texas. Property. Yeah, they're in te- families. Texas property families. Yeah. Nobody remembers what Chip the and Joanna. Yeah, they're uh, there's there's they're fun to watch. Although they did get in some trouble, I what? think because weren't they using lead paint or they weren't testing what? for lead paint or something? Don't they just buy it from the store like everyone else? <laughs> Where are they getting lead? Paint? No, they, I think they bought a house and they didn't test for it. They're supposed to like paint over. They it, poured they a bunch of lead in all their paints. So like this I'm gonna get this is all liable because this is probably not true. They're, well, they're probably just literally only in everything writing. you say you've put no effort into confirming or denying. But like, look at them. Go they ahead, look nice. Just, yeah, they look like nice people. Yeah, I just googled chip lead paint, and I'm not seeing this Joanna character. <laughs> that was a hilarious joke. Anybody was wondering. Okay, last question. Are you guys ready? Woo! Let's do it. <laughs> Are you supposed to tip at a hotel? I have never tipped at a hotel. Um, nor have I wanted to. You are absolutely supposed to tip at a hotel. Who? Who are you tipping? The maid. The, the maid staff. Oh! I pick up myself. I was thinking of the hookers you take there. Well, you tip them too. You never tip a hooker. You pay them to leave. You pay a set-upon fee ahead of time. And I never thought, oh man, I need to pay her more. Now, actually, this is interesting. Josh, my brother here, came up with a system for tipping. Uh, what he does is he brings a bunch of dollar bills in and he sets them on the table. And every time the waiter or waitress messes up, he takes one away. As a former waiter, I want you to know people spit in his food. Me? Well, he would take a dollar away for I'd that. I'd take a dollar away <laughs> yeah. If it tasted like spit, the dollar would go away. But when they yeah. did good, he would put a dollar back on. Yeah, yeah, they don't care. The general consensus every time someone does that is, oh, fuck this guy. Do people do that? Yeah, do people so, do that? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, people, people, will, uh, people will do some shit to service staff. Now, is that bad for hookers, too? I guess it's a question, is that service staff or contract employment? Is that like asking a plumber to come out? Like, is that a tipping not, situation or, or is it just contract work? Do you not tip your plumber? Are you supposed to tip your plumber? I don't like, like I feel like like my my girlfriend seems to think you're supposed to tip everybody all the time for everything. Now, when you order, have you ever ordered like car side to go? Yeah, they're just you don't tip. bringing don't your tip food out to, to you. Why would you tip them? Well, actually, that. I mean, do you tip for you, delivery? Because that's delivery. 
No, you have to pay a service fee for them to deliver to you. But they write on the box, the delivery fee is not a tip. Yeah. Please tip our driver so we don't have to pay them. They should pay wage. They should they, they should. they should be paid a living wage. But if someone's not paid a living wage, yes, tip them. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you get car side to go at Applebee's, are they, you know how they, they do the thing where they give uh, uh, wait staff a, a lower wage because their tips make up for that? That so doesn't like, make any not. sense. But here's the thing. If you're eating at Applebee's, you've made some bad choices in your life. Well, when you this live in a town that doesn't it. have anything good, Josh, you can't help this that. You eat something else. You <laughs> Eat McDonald's sometimes, above Applebee's. Sometimes you just need those. Sometimes you need sweet, that sweet artichoke dip. You sauce. just gotta have that boiled steak. Now, do they have a uh, the McAllister's chain restaurant in Texas? Yeah, I've I've seen those around. Oh, on the Applebee's note, I uh, I had a friend at one point who uh, her regular drinking spot was an Applebee's. Like that was where her her bar crew and everybody hung yeah, out, do. and it was just and she did not nights. work at Applebee's. They trivia this, nights. It's like TGI Fridays. That's the place to go to party and meet people in the 1980s. I <laughs> yeah, I mean, it actually was. Like, the original one in Times Square was, like, this major singles bar revolution thing. Uh, but the Applebee's one was weird. That was a strange place to go hang out with regulars on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be caught dead in an Applebee's. I'm too cool. Well, not even if, they not did even still have beer, soccer. so I was game. Well, I don't know what my point was, but... <laughs> Uh, I don't. You, you were talking about McAllister. Oh tip yeah, you're up. supposed to yes. leave your food on the table for them to pick up after you when you leave. Would you leave a tip there, or do you leave a tip at a buffet? Do you tip at Fazoli's? Do you tip at your soccer games? No, I don't tip at Fazoli's. That's crazy. They pick, they up, pick you up. You leave your, the food on yeah. the table. That's their fault. I worked at Fazoli's, and that was not the system back then. People cleaned up after themselves. I always just I don't know why but, on the floor so you know I'm done. <laughs> but I know that maids have a pretty hard job and not when I'm done at the hotel. When no? I'm done at a hotel, like, I'm clean. I make sure my clean. my hotel is cleaner than I, I was when I came in there. But yeah, I bleach everything. <laughs> I don't want a drop of blood to be found. <laughs> I mean, literally, I've just covered the whole place in plastic wrap for all five days with a do not disturb sign. Yeah, we put up a do not disturb sign and we go the whole time we're there until the last day. And then when we leave, it looks just as clean as when we got there. If if that, if you do that, then you're allowed to, to take money from the maid. OK, yeah. <laughs> next time I will ask them for a tip. Yes. And then we don't even ask for more towels. I just steal them from down by the pool. Yeah. I'm a very gracious. I'm really really kind of blown away you don't tip at a hotel. You know your dad was a maid. My mom's a waitress. I still don't want to tip anybody. You don't tip your mom? No. At the buffet? No. All this. So you said you were a waiter. But when I was uh, listening to the NPC's book, it felt like uh, you were a bartender at some point. Because you are always talking about how awesome bartenders were. I mean, I was a bartender, but also bartending is just an awesome job. Like it's the inverse of waiting um, in that, you know, when you're a waiter, you're constantly having to run around like, yes, sir, what can I do for you? Da, 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 da. But bartender is sort of flips the script. You're the person everyone's trying to get the attention of. It's a lot more fun of a job. You like to be the center of attention. I like to not have to scramble around. <laughs> I like <laughs> customers to come to me. Yeah, I'm lazy, you see. Yeah, that explains why you D&D from your home and uh, you just put these books out on Audible form and don't read them to people. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to read one of your own books? Not even a little bit. Uh, Voice acting is such a specific talent. And I have a little bit of theater background enough to know that enough to understand how much harder it is than it looks and to appreciate the amount of work uh, these wonderful people have like put in on it. And I do audio blogs every month um, as a Patreon reward fund thing where I just take one of my blogs and I record an audio version of it. And it it's maybe five minutes of audio per month. And just getting that to an acceptable level is such a rigmarole and, and an instruction of what the effort to make good audio is. Um, and it's not even audiobook good, like at the end, like after all that work. And so 
I, I understand the depth of effort that it takes to do that well. And at the end of the day, I know some authors like the idea of narrating their own books, but the thing I try to tell them is you want the best possible person narrating your book um, because that is the voice of your characters. That is the voice that people are going to listen to. That is the, the I mean, effectively the face, the voice, however you want to put it, of that book for the audio version. And the odds that you are the best person to do it are null. Um, unless you have a shitload of voice training and experience, unless you know you already are skilled enough to do it, or some nonfiction, like the personal element is is important, like let's pretend this never happened is a great example of self-narrated that's fucking amazing. Um, but for the most part, no. The, the best person to do the job isn't me. So what do you think about Fred Stoller narrating his, his own book? I don't know who that is, um, <laughs> but I hope he uh, has the right vocal chops for it because have, it's have not a watched, it's not an easy task. Have you ever watched Ele- Everybody Loves Raymond? Um, Damn, why don't we spend so much time explaining <laughs> to people who Fred Stoller is? I don't know. Maybe I should just stop bringing him up. Fred Stoller's an actor, <laughs> and he's up. known for his horrible voice. He's no. known for being the annoying guy who's in everything. Well, he's but, probably got the vocal chops to know what he's doing, then, if nothing well, else. Well, his, his his book was his uh, autobiography, so... He had sex with Kathy Griffin, if that helps at all. That doesn't doesn't really bring a face to mind. <laughs> it didn't so. help him either. <laughs> oh, poor Fred Stoller. Does he want to plug himself? Do you, you could just Google Fred Stoller when we're done here. I'll send you some links. <laughs> <laughs> I messaged him on Facebook. He hasn't hit me back yet. But uh, <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, Drew. Do you want to tell everybody where they could uh, find you, your Patreon, your home address? <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, thanks for having me on, first off. And then for general plugs, uh, all the information stuff we talked about, uh, the series status, that's on my website at drewhaysnovels.com. Uh, if you Google Drew Hayes, it'll come up pretty quickly on the results if you don't feel like typing all that out. Uh, let's see. For books, of course, I got to plug my new release, Five Minute Sherlock, The Case of the Damaged Detective, an Audible original. There will be an ebook version probably in about uh, six months once the exclusivity runs out, but it is nice to be able to do an audio first for my audio fans. Uh, beyond that, look for Fred Six. And then, oh, Underqualified Advice should be coming this fall. That is going to be uh, a book of basically updated and revised um, entries I did on the blog originally. Um, a lot of advice stuff, a lot of just silly comic stuff. So hopefully that'll be a fun one to tide folks over until Fred Six this winter. And then uh, also everybody check out his Poison Elves comic that he's very proud of. Yeah, go check it out. I have heard good things stuff. about the other guy's series. I'm sure his estate could use the money. All right, Drew. Well, we appreciate you coming on. If you don't mind, go ahead and end the podcast in the traditional manner. Adios. Hey, we're back again just to impress our very best friends. Questions that are the power in a really artificial lit RPG, and there is that are very super extra sweet. We are JBJ, and we're here to stay. So send in your questions, and you might hear them some.